Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews. Vegas Summer League officially underway. Highlights from the matchup between top picks Paolo Bencaro and Jabari Smith Jr. Plus, giddy up. Fresh off his poster dunk last night, the Thunderstar joins us on set. And Mavs coach Jason Kidd, he's going to join us as well. Also, what's the latest on the trade market surrounding Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Adrian Wojnarowski has the absolute latest details. NBA Today starts right now. We are in Sin City, Las Vegas, where it's only supposed to get up to 109 degrees today. That's no light. Big That's deal light work. Compared to Monday when it's supposed to get up to 112. So viva Las Vegas. Let's get into it. The second day of Summer League. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews alongside Matt Barnes and Richard Jefferson. And we got to see the first night of action last night. Well, Matt and I were there. Where were you? Uh, I was getting my rest. Oh, okay. I was getting my rest. He's I getting a, his rest. I had a big day. I had morning. I had morning referee class. We'll talk more about that later. We'll get into that later. Referee yeah. class. All right. Well, Matt and I had a front row seat to Paolo Bancaro versus Jabari Smith Jr. So let's take a look at what went down last night because Paolo Bancaro, he was impressive in his debut. And this is when I say, okay, don't get too excited. Don't get too excited. I got excited when I saw them matching up against yeah. each other just right from the get-go, Matt. And you can see Paolo showing off his range already. Very aggressive out the gate, you know started the game off two for two from the three-point line but I just like his aggressiveness yeah, yeah and look you don't want to get too excited but you can because this we're probably not going to talk too much about these teams during the regular season so this is the time to have their shine <laughs> well Jamal Mosley and Thanks, Rich. He, was, yeah, he, was, he was there last night he brought the team to watch Paolo do his thing and, As he and should. the crowd yeah. when I walked in here last night and I saw how many people yeah. were in here to see look at that look at how many folks are in here to see Paolo play and they were not disappointed on both ends of the floor watch this Oh, with, ah, with authority. And, and look, this is the part, like some players are more ready-made. Some players, you look at their upside and their development. I would put Jabari Smith in that book. I would put, you know, even Chet Holmgren, what they will become. Because right now, Pablo is a ready-made player. Hello, yep. Yeah, he's got to improve his skill, but he's a ready-made yeah. player. Yeah, well, and then you have Jabari. Um, he, he didn't maybe have the splashiest debut, but he showed some flashes, Richard. But yeah, he definitely showed some flashes. What do you got, Matt? No, I was just going to say, and we talked about this before set his teammates didn't really look for him so as you I know you're probably going to go into he needs to find a better way to uh, demand the ball get the ball in his spots and then just be aggressive although he only took two less shots than Paolo it just looked like Paolo was a lot more aggressive offensively as you see here getting to his spots and just doing what he does well you also had RJ Hampton out there so again a couple more people that they were had synergy to build let's take a listen to Paolo Bencaro after the game it's pressure but it's like I don't know I got it tattooed on me you know no pressure Literally, so I just always, <laughs> I've always dealt with pressure well, you know, and been able to handle it. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's just basketball. Like, it can be all the pressure, all the noise in the world, but at the end of the day, you got to go out there and hoop against five other guys. So it's like, what, you know, what, what really is it if it's just basketball, you know? So. 
the Mavericks. They've turned up the music and they're getting in some practice time behind us. But what impressed you most, Matt? I'm going to start with you because you were actually in the building uh, about Paolo's debut. Just aggressiveness on both ends of the ball. Yeah. I mean, he got to the basket. He shot threes freely, openly. He didn't care if he missed. Um, he was just out there playing basketball. And then defensively, he made good recoveries, uh, a few blocks. And then uh, I, I went, the one thing I like to see him be is more aggressive on the rebounds. I felt he just got rebounds that kind of came to him instead of going out there and getting him. But overall, just really impressive first night. Uh, you know, when, when I look at two young players, I look at, hey, how do they handle from game to game? Like yeah. we saw Chet Holmgren yeah. come out and have a great game one. Game two, there was a little bit more physicality going yeah. against Kenny Lofton. So when I my takeaway from these games is that let's see what they do game two because you know what happens after game one? You have video. You have scouting. Like the scouting starts to start. Yeah. That's when it starts to get more fun. It's like, hey, this is what he does. This is his right hand. He likes to spin back on his left. So I love to see how young players adjust from game one to game two. So I want to see what Jabari does in game two, and I want to see what Paolo does. And I don't think – I mean, we all know it was, it's just summer league, and we know that. But to me, as, as a former player, you look at certain moves and aggressiveness and just the way they play within. And we're not necessarily looking at what kind of numbers and rebounds they particularly put up because we all know a lot of these guys won't be in the league this upcoming season. So you just look at small things that they do. They're just like, okay, that's a pro mover. I like that aggressiveness. Or I like the way he went up and got that rebound. So on the flip side then, what more do you want to see from Jabari Smith? Aggressiveness. <laughs> just the, the, the exact same that I saw from Paolo. I just want to see that from Jabari, although yep. his team was really gunning and not really looking for him. Christopher had a good game. These guys are obviously out there playing for their careers, right? Yeah. You know, so just him kind of demanding, I'm the third pick. I need at least 15 to 20 shots from him. I, I, that's what I say. Take 10 bad ones, right? Take, take, ten, take 10 bad ones because it's more of like, hey, this is my range. This yep. is what I can do. But also, Houston has to do a better job, in my opinion. I know it's just summer league, right. but if you're there to feature your star, right? And you saw Orlando had RJ Hampton. Yeah. I didn't see I, I didn't see Green out there. Yeah. You know, like so you got to figure out a way to feature these guys and say, hey, this might not be our offense in the regular season, yeah. but best believe this is going to be our offense yeah. in summer league. Right. Nobody shoots the ball till he touches <laughs> it. Nobody, I don't want to see everybody else with 15 shots. Right. That's not what I want to see. Yeah. All right. Well, they weren't the only top picks that were in action last night. Let's check in on uh, Mr. Shaden Sharp and Jalen Duran, as well as Jaden Ivey. You can see there some of the top picks that were in action, Bancaro versus Smith Jr. But then in the next game, we got to take a look at Shaden Sharp. And just a reminder for our NBA viewers out there, Shaden Sharp had not played in an, in an organized basketball game in months, right, after uh, going to Kentucky. But he left the game with a shoulder injury. He didn't return after playing just a handful of minutes. On the flip side, though, Detroit, they got it going high-flying early, Richard. Yeah, no, Detroit, they have a young nucleus. Yes. They have a young crew of guys. And, look, they should be really, really excited about the future of Detroit basketball. But, you know, I, it's time. I hate to see a young guy not be able to get in there after just a few minutes. And so maybe they're being cautious. But Ivy, Ivy was special out there. He did not disappoint. I mean, in a well-rounded game, he scored the ball. He rebounded the ball. He got an assist. He got out in open court, flying around for alley-oops. I'm really excited to see. You know, everyone's saying this is he's a John Moran-ish. And if he's anything like that, John Moran's one of the most special players we have in this game. So uh, he yeah. definitely did not uh, uh, disappoint last night. Well, some folks, they compare him to John Moran. 
Morant because his mother uh, actually coached John Morant. She was assistant coach with the Memphis Grizzlies. She's now the women's head coach at mm. Notre Dame. Slicing it. And she's been coaching him to do that. Right. I mean, he was impressive. He was special, Rip. Yeah, no, he was. And, but again, this is where you want to see the league. Like, this is where a young player can get this out yeah. here. Oh, get okay. Get it off. I get love it. it. Yeah. Summer league, now's the time to do it. Do it all. Have all the fun yeah. that you want. Start to understand the speed, the physicality, the yeah. way the referees call it. A lot of this is about spacing. Spacing is different than yep. what it is in college. And you start to realize, wait, I can go full speed downhill. I can go do this because the spacing is different. For example, I average 11 points a game in college. I average 10 points a game my rookie year because the game is different. It's spaced differently. It's open differently. Well, but now we're a couple of weeks removed from the draft. Detroit, they were getting a lot of praise for how they drafted coming out of the draft. What do you think now that you've seen them in action in summer? I league? just like, I mean, not only their summer league team, but their young star, his his confidence. And yep. like Richard said, they have a young core and they're building and they're adding pieces here and there. So obviously you're not going to see immediate results for this team, but in the next two or three years, this is going to be a really fun team that plays hard and might put themselves on the map. They have a little bit more, it feels like, I was talking to Dwayne Casey about this yesterday, they're starting to have an identity. Even if it's a fledgling identity, even if it's a building team identity, they are no longer in a wasteland. Yeah. They are they're exactly playing Play hard. hard. Yep. Well, and, and I know people make it seem like playing hard should be a given, but there uh, is a skill when you're no. playing hard in the game. And the last thing I'll say, that transition from Drummond and Blake Griffin, it takes a couple of yep. years. It takes a couple of years for those picks to, to add up. It takes a couple of years to get players in that you feel like can contribute. So I like what they're doing. I think they have a great coach. And yep. look, when Detroit gets rolling, the city. Mm. Detroit. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't, I still have PTSD. Don't, uh, no, I oh, get, then I'll I do it louder. Detroit. No, no. Also, real quick, too, uh, I like what they did. They added a, a lot of younger, still retired, yep. but younger guys. Rashard yep. Lewis, Jason Maxiel, Keith Bogans to have this guy around these young cores because I feel like there's so much of a disconnect sometimes with older coaches and older coaching staffs and with this young crop of players. So I yeah. like that they kind of bridge the gap with these younger assistant coaches. Well, can I tell you one other thing that I liked? I liked seeing Isaiah Stewart out there because I, I was reminded that he's only like 20 yeah. years old, Maybe. but also the fact that they're, for young teams, I think it's important for these young teams who are trying to build an identity for those second-year guys who are able to, to be able to come back to kind of start to build that cohesion <laughs> at Summer League. Richard's going to tell me I'm wrong. No, I'm going to tell you you're 100% right. And yes. when, I, when I went on that rant, when I went on that rant about, like oh, oh, you know, uh, you know, oh, should we shorten the season? This is why. A lot of these teams coddle these players. And when I say coddle the players, for example, I played the national championship game, last possible game you could. You know what I followed up? I went to the NBA Finals after doing Summer League. So I went Finals, Summer League, and then we went to the Finals, and I went to Summer League again because my team was like, Richard, we know you just guarded Kobe in the Finals, but we want to see you and Jason Collins and Brian Scalabrini. Richard, we want to see you handle the ball more. Richard, we want to see you be more of a playmaker. We want to see this. Summer League is you. Just because you were a top pick and you were all rookie team doesn't mean you don't need to be out here working again. Yeah. That's where the teams, I understand injuries, I understand this, but I would say about 70%, 75% of the first round picks should be out here again after your rookie year. And that's something that the league has gotten away from, not a big fan of, because I've seen guys go from NBA Finals back on this court because you get to work on something else, improve on your game. Yeah, well, and even Cade Cunningham, he didn't play. Just, uh, but that was yeah. a good one, that's real. I would like to see Jaden Green. Guys. He was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, like, why are you sitting courtside like with the diamonds on? And, and, and we're not knocking these guys. We're not no, knocking no. the guys. To me, the organization should be tested.
telling them they need to play, yeah. go out there and work on your game. Particularly if your identity is being young, which yep. the Orlando Magic, the Houston all the time you need are, together. You how many games? How many green games has Green played? Like I love to see Josh Giddy. Maybe not have him do every single game, but the first five or six games, your teammate, who's another top pick, is out here on the floor. Right. Great that you're here supporting him, but get your butt on the court. What on earth, in my mind, and I'm not picking on Jalen Green. I'm not saying he's hit, but let's use yeah, him as an example. Jalen sucks. Jalen sucks. Like if you're not injured, why are you not playing in summer league? You have not accomplished anything. Your team has not accomplished anything, and you can be building chemistry with the future guys that you're playing with, the other top picks, talking to them, showing them the things that you've learned. That's where you see franchises just blow my minds with some of the mistakes that they do because they're coddling young players, not pushing them out there, well, making them work. You mentioned Josh Giddy. We get to compliment him in person because he will yeah, be right. joining our show in just a little bit. Coming up, though, on NBA Today, we still have a jam-packed show for you. I mentioned it. Josh Giddy, but also Jason Kidd will be joining us on set to talk about all things Luka and the Mavs. Plus, we have the latest from Woj on how trade talks surrounding Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are coming together in Las Vegas. And giddy up. I said it before. Hear from one of the key pieces of the Thunder's young core. That's all ahead on NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers, thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. NBA Today is brought to you by Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder. In theaters everywhere now. As Giddy, pretty spinning finish. Magic Johnson has the confidence. Like, this dude just couldn't touch him. Vision is off the charts. He looks special. City game, look. All the way. 
NBA Today. We may be live from Las Vegas for the second day of 2K23 Summer League, but let's go down under because we have Josh Giddy joining us. I, it was, I the accents. I I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm, let me apologize. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. He gets excited. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> See, he's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us here. You've been, not only were you just such a bright spot for the Thunder last year, you have been absolutely dominating Summer League. We got to see you play a little bit. I'm hoping that you can walk us through some of the more memorable moments. Can, can we do that? Yeah. All right. I want to start. Let's let's play the tape because you have been kind of doing a little bit of everything. And, and this one, the pass here. Can you walk me through this? Yeah. Um, so I told Trey before the free throw, I said, get in that right corner. And I knew his man was going to be on the split line. And that's where he was. And I just threw it to him. And he, he was in the right spot and caught it and knocked it down. But um, yeah, I told him in advance to be in that spot. You told him. You said, go over there and I'll get it to you. And then this this one, I mean, I'm just going to, you absolutely oh, hate oh, your defender. Good work. That yeah. was just rude. Yeah, um, I mean, something I've been working on, shooting the three balls. So, um, yeah, trying to get that in a bit during summer league and caught him off guard a little bit and knocked down the shot. Well, and then there was this moment that oh, here we I think go. just Look like out. Twitter lit on fire. Off the wrong leg? You yeah. know, yeah. No, that's the leg I don't go. That's our, that's yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, right leg? So okay. Got a stunt I've had in a long time. And so. then flexed on him, too. Yeah. Oh, like. Look at him. Look at a little fella. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't know what to do. First push I've ever had. So That's all right. You did well. Listen, it's okay. More to come. Well. Uh, look at Ooh. that face. So at what point were you like, uh, I, need to, <laughs> I need to remember what I need to do yeah. after the dunk? I know. I, I had no idea. It was just in the moment. Well, Chet liked it. He did. And, that, yeah. I That's mean, tough. Are you going to get that poster? I'm going to. You're going at the yeah, you, should, you should get it yeah. printed out. Ooh, right there. For that one? Yeah. It's like a combo combo picture. Yeah. And I mean, Jalen Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Is that yeah. Van Gogh? Am I, I like am that. I, I, don't, I don't know. A tech? Was it worth it? Yeah, I'm right. Absolutely. I'll pay that technical for you next yeah. time. Yeah. Make sure that you take him up on that. Oh, you said next time. Next you're time. Not, you're next not offering time. to no, retroactively pay this one. Okay. Um, that set social media on fire. I, first of all, how does it just feel to, to be on the floor, especially together with Chet Holmgren? It's great. Um, I mean, all through the pre-draft process, and that was the guy you know I secretly wanted to play with, and yeah. um, I knew he was a special talent. He can stretch the floor, finishes well at the ring, protects the ring like I've never seen before from a guy his age, and um, he has my back on that end. So to play with someone like him is really special, and we've only played you know two games together, so that chemistry is only going to continue to get better. How has your game, do you think, improved since your rookie season? I think the main thing is I've gotten a lot stronger, um, quicker, stronger. I think that were the two things I wanted to improve on a lot. Um, shooting the ball is still something I've got to get better at, and I'm working on that every day. So, but I think the weight room was a big part of my offseason. I think that's definitely one of the areas I've improved in. Rich, uh, well, for me, I just went on a, a five-minute rant to how long. about how my rookie year I played in the NBA Finals and then showed up the summer league again. You were all rookie team. You were the sixth pick in the draft, and here you are again in summer league working on your game. Do you notice that there's other first? 
first round picks that are not out there playing? Absolutely, yeah. And I think anytime I get the chance to hoop, I want to be out there playing. Whether Thank it's, you. you know, Utah, Vegas, whatever it is, I want to be out there playing. So, um, yeah, if I get the chance and they want me to compete, then I'm going to be out there. Fresh off your rant, this just couldn't happen. It couldn't better. happen any better. And then we just saw a text from a coach that was praising you too, so I love it. I don't really have a question. I just, I'm a fan of your game and your versatility. I think, like, you're the new wave of basketball, like 6'6 six, six to 6'9, six, guys that can do everything. You, you notched a few triple doubles. You're somebody that can get your own shot. You can shoot the ball well, but you also are a great passer and you rebound for a guard. So keep doing what you're doing, man. You got a lot of fans out there. Best it. of luck. I, I am curious, though, because Richard's rant, it was sort of centered on this idea of when you are a young team that is still building and gelling and finding your identity, being together, being with the players that you are going to play with in the NBA, how valuable have you found this time to gel? Very. I think, um, especially with the younger guys, you know, especially as a second-year player coming back, helping these rookies and younger guys learn the offense, fit into the system, feel comfortable in what we're doing here. And I think, um, you know, I'm still probably the youngest guy on our team, but still helping these guys come through and uh, just learn the stuff. And I remember how, you know, daunting it is as a rookie to come in and all the pressure you have as a high pick. So just being there for these guys and helping them fit in. What, what advice, you know, and I know you're not going to be here for the duration of Summer League, but still want to compliment you on doing the training camp, being there. What advice have you given to Chet or any rookie that you're like, hey, if I would have known this a few months earlier, if I would have known this going through the draft process or last summer league, it yeah. would have made my transition easier. I think never get too high, never get too low. I think um, a bad game, social media is telling you how bad you are. A good game, they're telling you how good you are. So um, I was caught up in that wave. I think um, my first summer league game got hurt two minutes in. I didn't play again, and everyone was telling me, you know, Giddy's a bust at six. He's got picked too high. But yeah. then if you let that stuff get to you, it doesn't affect you. But, um, you know, Chet, he set the world on fire his first game. Second game, he wasn't, you know, as good as he was. And the, the scales tipped. So I'm never getting too high or too low. As and, a you, big and you advice. said that to him, like, hey, they love you one moment. Just yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Is there anything that Chet has done that you have even found yourself going, oh, my, or I'm surprised, or you didn't even see that coming? Uh, I knew what he could do, but, you know, the, the three ball, the way he pulls up, off his handle for a seven-footer is, you know, special. And the way he can stretch the floor, the way he protects the ring, I think, for his size and and um, the stuff he does in the paint is, is stuff I never – I knew he could do that, but actually playing with him and seeing it firsthand is it's special. The Thunder has an incredibly special fan base. What do you want fans to know that they can look forward to this season after being in a little bit of a rebuild? Here? Yeah, I think a really competitive team. I think the group we've got, um, obviously everybody wants to win, and that's what we're trying to do. And, um, you know, all the guys I know have had a good offseason working out wherever they are. And I think when we get back together as a, you know, a full group in September or whenever it is, I think we're going to hit the ground running and um, be a really competitive team this year. I know social media has put out Chetmate as a, as, as a nickname for the two of you. How do we feel about that? Is there a better one? I mean, I don't have anything better off the top of my head, so I'll, I'll roll good. with it. Yeah, right? Because yeah, it gives a little bit yeah, of the Chetmate. Australia yeah. Chetmate. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. Well, one half, the more senior half of the Chetmate. Thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Really appreciate it, Josh. Best of luck with the rest of Summer League and next season. And Richard, second, second best TikToker in the NBA right here, ladies and gentlemen. Second best. He is I outstanding. Do. Look, we don't need to get into the details. I'm just saying he's the second best. It's impressive. No, That's it's true. not me. I'm Malika, you're, Malika, we got Malika on TikTok. Richard got me on TikTok, but I don't I don't tick, you're, I don't you're, talk. You're, you're, we're, right, we'll yeah, get you. Yeah, we'll get you. Just uh, baby we'll steps. Baby All right, steps. we still have so much more to come, though, on NBA Today. Josh Giddy, thank you so much for joining us. Still ahead, though, Woj and Bobby Marks, they joined the set to give us the latest out of Vegas regarding KD and Kyrie. And how 12 years ago today, the decision kicked off a new era of player
empowerment. NBA Today rolls on after this. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Jason Kidd, one of the best floor generals this game has ever seen. Our defense is going to be at a high level tonight. Do you understand? We're not losing. No, come on, come on, come on. Channel 5. Stay, stay. You can do it. Right, and we're going to do it tonight. Outstanding sideline coaching there by Jason Kidd. Tell, tell five, tell five, baseline. Tap, 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 tap. Let's go, let's have some fun. Welcome back to NBA Today. And now Matt Barnes, Richard Jefferson, and I are joined by somebody very special, the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd. Thank you so much for spending some time oh, with us that, here on NBA for, Today. Thank and you sitting for next to Richard. I, I was forced to. Yeah. yeah. But it's okay. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited that you're here. Let's just jump right in with Luka Doncic, because as long as we're talking about the Mavs, the two seem synonymous. He made it to the Western Conference Finals farther than he ever has in his career this season. When you were hired as head coach, what was your biggest goal for him? Uh, to be the best player he can be. Um, and I thought he did that. Uh, a lot of times we think a player should come out of the shoot and be the top player in the league. Uh, Luca started slow, uh, but it's not about the, the race. It's not about the 50 yards. It's about the 100 yards. And I thought he finished the season at a very high note, and uh, he was great. He's one of the best players in the world. He's unselfish, and he's not afraid of the stage. Yeah. As you can see, playing for his national team, he's going to take on the world. And uh, I'm happy to have the opportunity uh, to say I coach him, but more of watch him. Yeah. Well, playing in Europe this summer, I mean, conditioning going into great. last season, it was a question for Luca. He looks great, great right now. What did you notice? Uh, he does look great. Uh, he's taking look care of his grinning. body. Look how, look how he's like, yeah, we're going to be great. great. <laughs> <laughs> the hook? Uh, hook him. Uh, the hook, he has them all. Um, and so just what I love to see is when he's smiling, I know he's in a good place, uh, not just physically but mentally, and he's having fun. He loves to play the game of basketball, uh, but I think he's added the hook shot. But, again, everybody's talking about his muscles, so I'm excited. <laughs> Put some muscle in the, the one thing is like every team wants to build on last year, but also players want to build on last year. So what's something that you want your team to build on, but also Luca, because he did make big steps, yep. getting off 
the ball more. Obviously, you guys had Brunson doing more of that. So now that he's off the ball, what's something that you're going to like, hey, this is something that I want to add for you to build on moving forward? Well, the biggest thing is no stress. If you ask him or anybody in that locker room, we talk about no stress. And so that means playing without the ball. Um, when you talk about he's going to have the ball the last six minutes or the last three minutes, but I want to be able to use him behind the defense. And I thought he accepted that role for us with Bronson or Dinwiddie. Yeah. Uh, and so when we have those type of playmakers on the floor, uh, sometimes you can rest in those minutes. But again, he's 23 years old and he believes he can take on the world. And so our, our job is to help him understand that he can play behind the defense and have success that way too. You guys added Christian Wood, JaVale McGee, but you lost Jalen Brunson. What, what's the plan to replace him? Well, we can't play uh, replace Brunson. Uh, he, he's a, a great player. I'm happy for him and his family uh, signing a deal in New York. It's well-deserved. Uh, we wanted him back, but he picked New York. But when you talk about Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway coming back, everybody's asked this question, and we believe the points will be there, and we believe we're, we're going to be a bigger team. Nothing against JB's height, uh, but with Spencer <laughs> starting, our starting five is going to be big with uh, JaVale starting at the center, and then we believe we're going to have a lot more offense coming off the bench. I think your ability to motivate but also challenge not only your team but your superstars. Sometimes that backfires. You publicly challenged Luca, and instead of kind of hanging his head and pouting, he took it as a challenge and got better. I wanted to commend you on that, but obviously I think you're, you know, you've always been a leader. Now you're just a head coach. Uh, but that's a tricky slope that a lot of coaches can't get away with, like publicly, not necessarily criticizing, but kind of challenging guys. How were you able to do it? Yeah, I think uh, trust and communication. Yep. From day one, um, going over to see him, uh, telling him I'm here to help. Right. Uh, I played the game, I've had my run, um, and now it's your turn. And so my job is to make the game easy. Um, but I thought uh, challenging sometimes is coaching, but it's not um, saying something's wrong. And he accepted the challenge, and that's what he's all about. He accepts all the challenges of trying to beat the league by himself. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it wasn't a public challenge. It was uh, something that I thought could help the team. Right. And he took it and he ran with it. Right. Speaking of um, challenges, oh. Richard Jefferson is a challenge. <laughs> just as a human being, oh, he to, knows. To deal with every. I, I'm wondering if you what your best story of Richard Jefferson from your days was. That's fit for TV. Yeah, I was about to say that. Uh, <laughs> fit for TV. That's fit for TV. Well, I used to argue with, I used to argue uh, on the film when Byron Scott would have the film and Jason would be sitting behind me and whenever I would start to open my with, open my mouth, which was all the time, he would just hit me in the back of my head. Like, that's why arguing. it's shaped that way? Yeah, that's why it's shaped. No, that's no, why no. No, no, he was born that way. Um, but no, he, RJ wanted to make film session longer by bringing out points of like things that we didn't need to really talk about. We wanted to get out of film. Uh, Sounds but, like me trying to get to break. Yeah, to yes, but he, he loves to talk, and so uh, surprise, I think surprise. he's in a good, great seat. Unfortunately, you guys sit with him all the time. So, so I can't come coach with you? No. Okay, okay. <laughs> one one, one I, thing that I want to ask you. We had Josh Giddy up here, and I've been going on this rant all day. This is my theory. When you see young players that have been accomplished but still show up the yep. next year after their rookie, what did you say? What did you say to me? Uh, the first thing is he loves basketball, yep. but we need more of it. You need more uh, guys that yes. love to play. Yeah, this isn't time to rest. No, there's not time to just be in the gym working on your ball handling for four months, come out here and work on some of it. Yeah, against humans, right? The other players, and you can also not just, you know, get better, 
but you can learn from the person you're guarding or someone shows you something while you're resting during the game. I'm going to try to borrow that move. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Jason Kidd, thank you so much for thank spending you very much some time for with me. us thank here you. on NBA Today. And we're sorry that we put you next to Richard. Next that, time, that's okay. Next time, I'm I hope it will be the case. I'm used to it. Still to come, though, on <laughs> NBA Today are Adrian Wojnarowski and Bobby Marks. They are going to join us live on set for an update on the trade market. Don't go anywhere. That's coming up next. Is KD going to Dallas? Uh ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. This was a season that had so much promise, and it all a complete Armageddon. No regrets it happens. People want to have some hope of what may happen in the future, but it's hard for me to say. I can't worry about what people say. I just focus on me. Just over a week since Kevin Durant requested a trade, according to our Adrian Wojnarowski from the Brooklyn Nets. And now we welcome the man to set, Woj, and our senior front office insider, Bobby Marks. Thank you so much for hanging with us here on NBA Today. So, Woj, I'll start with you. Just what's the latest on Kevin Durant? Well, uh, Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks, you know, has arrived in Vegas for Summer League and so have uh, essentially all the other executives in the league. And it gives teams a chance to talk in person. You know, I think have a different kind of conversation than you can have on the phone. I think especially when you're trying to put together something more complicated, three or four team deals. But, you know, as you said in the open, Malik, it's just been over a week since Kevin Durant asked for the trade. And trades of this magnitude for players like Kevin Durant, typically they don't come together together quickly, especially he asked for the trade after the draft. Sometimes the draft can be a deadline or the trade deadline. That's not the case. We're kind of in the open field of the offseason, and there's no sense among, I think, with the Nets or with teams talking to the Nets that they have tremendous urgency or they're trying to move this along quickly to find a resolution, get a deal. They want to get a deal. They want to get the best deal they can. 
but you know these things start to they take on a life of their own and I think you'll see some more of those face-to-face -face conversations here uh, in the coming week and 10 days but that doesn't guarantee there's going to be a KD trade in summer league this may move on and remember the Nets have Kevin Durant under contract for four years, and that is a pretty good reason not to rush into anything. Maybe slow play this over time and look and see if you don't have the kind of blockbuster deal you want, you don't just make the trade. Bobby, how are you evaluating all of this? Well, I'm looking at it. We're in the offseason, and there's no, uh, like, um, the emotional element of it all. No team has lost four games in a row. Phoenix has, right, we're still in the honeymoon period. So it's a lot harder to make a blockbuster deal of this nature because everybody likes their roster right now. Right. Now that changes when we get to November and December and a team like the Suns or even the Raptors who are one of the favorites here has gone on a six game losing streak and they see Kevin Durant as that missing piece and then all of a sudden the asking price is a lot more in December than it is in mid-July. So just a little bit of a scene set here Woj for fans who are watching at home. We've talked about Summer League as the first time these general managers can get into the room face to face. What do you expect the mindset to be for general managers as they head here with this sort of looming? Well, first thing, it's kind of held up the rest of free agency. There's not a lot of high-level players left, but the DeAndre Ayton situation still lingers out there. Um, but I think a lot of other uh, teams, agents who are trying to get deals done feel like there's a sense of waiting on the Kevin Durant situation, and they may be waiting a while. I, I think especially when you start, like Bobby said, when you're in the offseason and you're, you're not facing the urgency of pressure from your owner because the team's struggling, the chance to get at a Kevin Durant, it's not like teams are upping their offers all the time. Teams are going to try not uh, to um, uh, 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 you know, make deals against their own last deal. Yeah. And so I, I think right now uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this situation plays out even through Summer League, but I think if you're the Nets, you can get a sense really of, of how far perhaps some teams are going to go. And if you feel like you've gone, they've gone as far as they're going to go with you, is that good enough for Kevin Durant? Because in almost any scenario, you're probably not getting value for Kevin Durant. There's no deal you look at and say, hey, we're better for this. It's just the best you can get. And again, with the four years left on his contract, you can wait it out. Okay, my question is, for a guy like Kevin Durant in the Nets, if it is still an amicable situation, for him to start the season, do you not think that that might also, as it, when you said everybody's in the honeymoon phase, well, what about if the Nets start the season and they're not playing well or Kevin Durant? Now, all of a sudden, wouldn't that possibly decrease his value because it's like, hey, they're going through some things. We're gonna, we're gonna sit pat and we're gonna, uh, you know, not really like get the most aggressive offer. Is there a little bit of tension that we don't want to start the season with Kevin Durant there because of the potential stress it could call on the cause on the franchise? No, I, I, I see it, RJ, but I also think Kevin Durant, you know him. He is going to come to play every night. He's going to play at a high level. He cares too much about it, and so I don't know that his value decreases if he's on the floor. He wants to dominate. I would be surprised that Kevin Durant would approach it any other way. And so I think people out there, they know what they're getting with Kevin Durant. Uh, the question is, how much are they willing to give up? And how, 
how could Brooklyn walk away with this and be able to say we can justify moving a player, an all-time great player, you know, essentially in his prime at 34 years old, um, and have something to show for it that we can live with? Bobby, how do we expect, how aggressively do we expect teams to pursue Kevin Durant when we're talking about, as Woj said, just a lot of time before the beginning of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at it. You know, I'm looking back from the Carmelo Anthony situation in 2010, where that basically went started in September and ended in February. That took six months to basically to get it done, and it cost New York gutting their roster. I think that's the concern as far as gutting your roster for Kevin Durant. I, I remember being here three years ago with the Spurs and Raptors, R.C. Buford, Masai Ujiri. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was going into the last year of his deal. It was very different. But they, Masai Ujiri did a job of sort of waiting out the rest of the market on Kawhi Leonard. He was That was the best offer they had in San Antonio. They finally had a move on it. The Nets aren't in the same situation. This isn't a player who's headed in on an expiring contract and who the Spurs felt may not even show up to training camp if we start the season. Well, and that's why we've used the word unprecedented so many times. We haven't seen a player of this magnitude with this much time left on his contract request to trade. Woj, Bobby Marks, thank you so much for spending a little time with right. us here on NBA Today. Still to come, though, we do have some news surrounding Brittany Griner. We're going to check in with our Monica McNutt because her absence is looming over this weekend's WNBA All-Star Game. A look at what the community is doing to try to get her back to the United States. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. It's been 141 days since Brittany Griner was first arrested at an airport near Moscow for having vape cartridges that contained cannabis oil. And then yesterday, in the second day of her trial in Russia, she pled guilty to drug charges in a case that could see her face up to 10 years in prison. So for more on how we got here and what the WNBA is doing to bring her back to the United States, here's our Monica McNutt. For a league that proudly embraces its activism label, the diplomatic conundrum one of their very own is living through looms large over the entire WNBA and her team. We need to get her back home. She deserves to be home. She needs to be back with her family, with her friends. Brittany Griner, center for the Phoenix Mercury, two-time Olympic gold medalist, seven-time WNBA All-Star, WNBA champion, a Russian prisoner. 139 days. That's a really, really long time for someone to be uh, wrongfully imprisoned in another country, and we just need her home. Griner, who plays basketball internationally for Russia, was arrested on February 17th in a Russian airport for allegedly having hashish oil in her luggage. That news came and went, with Griner's camp and the WNBA initially hoping to resolve the issue and bring BG home quietly. Seven days later, February 24th, Russia invaded Ukraine, only furthering the concern about diplomatic negotiations to return BG home safely. The WNBA community never lost sight of Griner's predicament. Before we get into tonight's events, I want to take a moment to reiterate the WNBA support for Phoenix Mercury star Brittany Griner. Please know that getting her home safely continues to be our top priority. 
May 3rd, 75 days into Griner's imprisonment, the United States declared her wrongfully detained, which also gave supporters the green light to raise public awareness and thrust questions about why the U.S. government seemed to be moving without urgency. Is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's black? Is it because she's gay? As the disparities between those communities on U.S. soil are prevalent, it's hard for those questions not to be answered with painful rhetorical answers. If it was LeBron or KD or Steph Curry, do you think that you would be sitting here today? You know, respectfully and no, you know, no shade to them um, when I say this, but the answer to that question would be no. I think it's just about being as loud as possible, talking about it as much as possible, because at this point, it seems like pressure is, is what's going to get the job done. So from our side of things, this side of the water, we need to put pressure on our government to do their best to figure it out with Putin. On July 4th, Griner wrote to President Biden on her 137th day of imprisonment. In part, she wrote, it hurts thinking about how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year. Her letter prompted President Biden and Vice President Harris to reach out to Griner's wife, Sherelle, two days later to reassure her and their family that they are doing all they can to get BG home as soon as possible. On July 7th, BG pleaded guilty to Russian drug charges and told the judge she had inadvertently packed hashish oil and didn't intend to break Russian law. Despite her plea, the trial could go on for weeks. Experts say her best hope for a release is a negotiated deal between the U.S. and Russia. Fortunately, the WNBA and its supporters are familiar with being at the forefront of issues and making those in positions of power take notice. We are BG will not be exhausted. Griner's, Griner's legal team has released the following statement. Brittany sets an example of being brave. She decided to take full responsibility for her actions as she knows that she is a role model for many people. And considering the nature of her case, the insignificant amount of the substance and BG's personality and history of positive contributions to global and Russian sport, the defense hopes that the plea will be considered by the court as a mitigating factor and there will be no severe sentence. This weekend is WNBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago, and tomorrow on ESPN we'll have the three-point contest, the skills challenge, and then on Sunday it is the 18th annual All-Star Game on ABC. Sad news out of the NBA, former referee, Hall of Famer, great referee, Hugh Evans has passed away. His wife, Kathy, confirmed in an email to ESPN's Anscape. He was only 81 years old. Evans, who refed nearly 2,000 games from 1973 to 2001, took pride in being an NBA referee from an HBCU. And he told Anscape in 2021 that the biggest challenge he had being a black NBA referee was becoming widely respected and overcoming institutions racism and he said his professionalism on and off the court which included his storied sharp dressing to games eventually got him that respect NBA today we'll be right back hey what's going on I'm Richard Jefferson and we are at NBA Summer League we are at referee training more to come 
you're refereeing? Yes, yes, I'm going to be refereeing. This will be my last season on NBA Today. After this, <laughs> okay. I am going to dedicate my life fully to refereeing. Yes. Look at this. I'm learning about the angles. I'm learning about how good they are. I can't and wait it, to yell at you. Oh, yeah. You And I also learn in there, you got to forget about it. Just All right. Who cares? Well, today we'll have a quadruple header for you that starts at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific on ESPNU with Jaden Hardy's Summer League debut, Mavs, Bulls, then move to ESPN2. Mark Williams and Ben Matherin in Hornets, Pacers, Warriors, Knicks, Suns, Lakers. They wrap up the night, and you can see all of the games on the ESPN app. Man, I cannot wait Let's to go. see you ref a game. My goodness. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, yes. I'm going to be awful. Let me just, like, I think the the people that are most excited about it are the referees. No, 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 no. Oh. Are the referees. <laughs> are the referees. Because, gonna see you. because they get, get to see and, and they get to show everybody how difficult of a job it actually truly is. Oh, can't wait to see you, ref. I can't wait to watch these players in Summer League. Who are you most excited to see, Matt? Uh, I'll take Kenny Lofton Jr. I think okay. after going undrafted, uh, he landed in a perfect spot in Memphis, signing a two-way deal. Had a nice outing last game in 19-6 and six in 24 minutes. But just to me, like a light-skinned Zebo, hard worker, banger, but still very skilled. You saw what he did last week, uh, last game against Chet. But I just like his aggressiveness, uh, the ability to step out and shoot the three-point ball. And I think once he kind of tones his body up, he's going to be a real problem. Mm. Uh, for me, it, it, it's Jabari Smith. He only had 10 field goal attempts, and, and some of that's him. Some of that is Houston. You know, you got to understand, you know this, Matt. I don't care if you're the first pick, if you're whatever. Everybody out there is trying to make the team. They're trying to – They were gunning. And, and they're going to let it go. They're going to let it go. So for him, yeah. he's got to figure out the way to be aggressive. And I'm going to say this. Hey, Jabari Smith, I know your pops. Shoot 10 bad shots. Right? right? You're like, attempt you know, them. Attempt 10 yeah. bad shots. Yeah. Find your game. This is what it's about. It's just to figure out your rhythm, especially because for bigs, they don't play through bigs. So right. it's a little bit different than a guy like Ivy, who's yep. going to have the ball in his hands. But I want to see how he's going to adjust from one game to the next after that performance. I would have said Paolo, but I checked that box watching him play last night. And man, he was a monster. It was so, I had to remind myself, don't overreact to Summer League. It was so impressive. I haven't seen Chet Holmgren play in person yet. So he's who I'm most looking forward to see. I hope he actually plays here in Las Vegas. And last thing I'll say about Chet is he, you know, he's already shooting 50, 40, 90 in two games. And I think that's something about what he does. Yep. Uh, you know, he texted me like, hey, I got more work to do because he knows that he can be an efficient guy on the offensive end. And we already know what he can do. On the when he said he end. wants to be a 50, 40, 90 club in the NBA. So yeah. let's see if that can translate from summer league. Um, and if it does, perhaps, did you guys know that the NBA is handing out summer league rings this year yeah, so saw, if you are a it. summer league champion oh no it fell off its little perch if you are a summer league champion diamonds and all you could be you want to take a look at it matt i mean like this thing yeah, is that's jason beverly hills he did the the warriors rings it's for real how do you feel about this rich uh, I have a, a real ring, so, you know. <laughs> I said I have Matt, a real ring. <laughs> me, and Matt, me and Matt do, so. No, no, no. So I, then I'll, I'll just be, I'll, I'll, all I'll kidding, wear this one. All kidding aside, yeah. I think this is cool. Just, you know, something to, because the guys are putting in work. Guys are doing, doing the time, so. Ooh, it win is it. sparkly. You win Summer League, you win Summer League. Make sure you give them some. I got a ring for winning my Fantasy Football League. I had to pay for it, but still. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. <laughs> this one's pretty. I like it. All right.